I tried to figure out how Gary does this with he's holding his Bible and he's got a stool and everything. I told Speedy, I said, that's just not going to work. I need something up here. So uh, I'm pretty confident that some of you all had no idea that I was going to be up here. And that was on purpose. Gary didn't want to tell anybody because we wanted to have at least three or four people show up. So, <laughs> oh, I get a stool too. Wow, cool. <laughs> so, uh, my name's David Westrick. I'm a uh, member here at the church, and uh, I can't tell you what an amazing honor it was to be asked to do this. Uh, Gary and I were sitting in my house one night, and he said, hey, I need some time off, and uh, would you mind going up and teaching? I said, wow. Uh, yeah, sure, maybe. Uh, but uh, very, very humbling. So, so without a doubt, so everybody understands, I'm not a Bible scholar. I am certainly not a preacher. Now, I don't mind telling you what to do, but I'm not a preacher. But what I do bring to the table is I am certainly a sinner saved by grace. I've been given so many plan Bs. I've got plan Cs, I've got plan Ds, I've got plan Es. I've had a lot of different plans in my life. And I've blown millions of plan As. So what I want to tell everyone today is that God does have a plan for each of us. But he also loves each one of us enough to let us screw up. And I am full of screw-ups. So the other thing Speedy told me is I had to stay on the red carpet. I said, I got to stay in here. <laughs> so if I get off the carpet, somebody say, hey, get back on the carpet. <laughs> so most of y'all have really no idea about my story and my past, and I know that I don't know most of your all stories. But I do know that most people who have lived any portion of life so far have had some plan A's that turned into plan B's. As Phil said, we're talking about relationships today. It's a subject that, unfortunately, I have a lot of history in, a subject that I know a lot about. So this is the deal I made, and hopefully this will help me out. I said, uh, I, I figured if I only pick on me today then maybe Gary will let me get back up here sometime, and maybe you guys will want to hear what I have to say. So I'm only going to pick on me, and the reason for that is I've just got a whole history of bad relationships and a whole history of mistakes. I, I've been broke a couple of times. Um, you, you, you know, you hear about Gary, and, you know, the only reason that Gary hadn't been broke twice yet is he's not as old as I am, you know. Uh, I have the privilege of my family sitting back there. But what some of y'all don't know, and Tom Hunt asked somebody this the other day, because Gary said, and David Westrick even brings his ex-wife. My ex-wife and her husband are back there. My in-laws are back there. The majority of my kids are back there. Most of my grandkids are here. And that's what I want to tell you guys, that's what I want to talk to you guys about today is God does, without any question, have a plan. And he wants you to be part of it. 
but he wants to give you all the space you need to screw it up. So I stole this from a friend. This was like two days after Gary had said something about coming up here, and I stole this from a friend, and I think you guys like it because it really does apply to when plan B becomes plan A. So one Sunday morning, this old, this, uh, at this small Southern Baptist church, new pastor comes in, calls on one of the elders that he doesn't even know. He says, hey, could you lead us in opening prayer? Well, yes, sir. Elder stands, asks everyone to bow their head, and he says, uh, Lord, I hate buttermilk. Pastor looks up. The elder continued, Lord, I hate lard. Pastor's now getting a little bit concerned. Maybe he should have asked somebody else. Lord, I ain't too crazy about plain flour, but after you mix them all together and bake them in a hot oven, I just love biscuits. Lord, help us to realize when life gets hard, when things come up that we don't like, whenever we don't understand what, we, what you are doing, that we need to wait and see what you are making. After you get through mixing and baking, it'll probably be better than biscuits. Think about that. Isn't it amazing the things that we go through, the different things that happen in our life, the different places we are, the different brokenness, the different relationships that don't work out the way we thought they were. He's always there. Romans 8.28, God's word says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You know, as I started this, I told you I was a sinner saved by grace, and that's the best thing I bring to this table. And that's what every one of us are out here. We're just sinners saved by grace. And I will encourage you, if you're not a sinner saved by grace yet, I'd love for you to become one, and there's a lot of people here that would talk to you about that. So... So, as we sit here today, how many of us wonder what is plan A? And how many of us wonder, am I even on track? And if plan A doesn't work, what's plan B? How important is that to think about? Well, I'm here to tell you that when plan A doesn't work, his plan for you is still the same. I would love to think that this message does not apply but to a few of you. Unfortunately, statistics show that it probably applies to most of us. Most of us, and I don't know the exact statistics, but it's more than 50% of, first of marriages end in failure. Seconds and thirds only get worse. They don't get any better. And it doesn't even have to be a marriage. There's lots of people who have been in long-term relationships, and they fail. And I remember as I was going through some of my failed relationships, and unfortunately there's been plenty of them, 
that how important it is to pour yourself into God's word and how, how important it is to pour yourself into yourself. How important it is for you to love you. Most therapists will tell you that divorce is worse than losing a spouse to death. At least with death, there's a closure. With divorce, a lot of times, there are little reminders and closure becomes tough. So it's important to think about those things as you, as you move through your life and in relationships, it's the same situation. And so, very important that you think about those things. Very important that you study yourself in those tough times. So in the world, divorce is very taboo. It's still unacceptable at most churches. In a lot of more traditional churches, it precludes you from serving as a pastor, a deacon, or a leader of any time, any type. I remember Sierra and I were going to uh, the church that Gary always likes to talk about, and uh, I'd been there, I'd actually served there um, on staff as, as security for a long period of time, and I'd gone through a divorce, and uh, Sierra and I had met, and we were going to another little church, and we moved back over to Woodstock, and she want, we wanted to go. She, we wanted to go together, and we did. And uh, I remember not feeling very welcome, to be honest. Um, someplace I'd been for 20 years, you know, and someplace that I had served uh, my time, my talents, my money. And uh, really, we weren't welcome. And I remember there was a class come up, and it was about divorce. And that Sierra and I both felt led to be part of that. And so we go to see the, uh, the person who's in charge of that. And essentially, we were told that we weren't qualified. Because we had been divorced, so we can't talk to you about divorce. So, like I said, church, churches nowadays still feel like it's very taboo. taboo. And like, like Gary always says, you know, we are definitely the island of misfit toys. Some of our friends, some of my new friends joined us today to come out here and, uh, and hang out and support me, and I thought, you know, what a blessing. How do I tell him about all y'all? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's funny, uh, the reason that we come to first, to, to Action Church is that Tanya May invited us to come. And like in the same sentence, she said, well, you know, it is different. <laughs> and you know what's the cool part? And Scott Farley said it just a little while ago. What's the cool part is? We are different. We are very different. There's very few churches that have tables in the middle. There's very few churches that have people that look like all of us. Because most churches don't want to accept us. And that's the coolest part to me about Action Church. And, 
And, and such a blessing and an honor to get to stand up here and talk to you guys about things that we really know, things that we have really lived. You know, there's nothing I'm going to say today that I haven't lived, I can assure you. I've been at the very bottom several times. So there's nothing I'm going to tell you today that you don't already, probably don't already know, but I hope I bring something to you that you can say, hey, wow, that's pretty interesting. Or I had no idea. I didn't realize that. So last week, Gary started on uh, talking about when plan B, or when, yeah, when plan B becomes plan A. So no matter what the church thinks, and no matter what the world thinks, doesn't matter. God has a plan for us, even if it's plan B or C or D. So Gary preached about this a little bit last week, but it's a, it's a verse and actually a chapter for me that it help, has helped me understand that no matter what my mistake is, this verse and chapter applies. So in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. First thing I want to talk to you about today is I, he, has a plan for you. It says so right there. If you didn't read anything else, you don't read anything else in your Bible. For I know the plans I have for you. Isn't that awesome? How cool is that? He knows that he has a plan for each and every one of us, no matter what we did today, no matter where we were last night, no matter who we talked to or what we did or where we were or how we did it or if we got drunk last night or we didn't get drunk last night or we did drugs last night or we didn't do drugs last night, you know, it doesn't matter. He has a plan for each and every one of us. And it even gets cooler. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Different times in my life, me and God haven't seen eye, eye to eye. I'm pretty sure he was wrong. Um, he, there was things that were going on that I just didn't understand. There was things that were going on that I didn't agree with. But as Gary will tell you, <laughs> you want to get laughed at, just tell God your plan. You Because know? your plan is not his plan. Your plan is not his way. So I encourage you, if you don't already, to get in the Word and to understand what His plan is. To reach out in prayer. Reach out to a buddy. Nothing cooler than having a friend 
especially for boys, because boys don't talk to other boys about important stuff. But I do remember going, I do remember going through, uh, we won't get into the number, but I remember going through one of my divorces. And I remember having this one friend, and he and I sat down and talked. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, you're going through that too? I thought it was just me. I thought I was the only one that was stupid. I'm not, you know, so I do encourage the men here that no matter where you are, if you're, if you're, if you're worried about your relationship with your, your spouse or you're worried about, uh, uh, you know, drinking or you're worried about alcohol or you're worried about being broke, there's nothing better than accountability and help and hearing from another person. They're going through the same thing because you'd be amazed if all of us men that were stupid would just get up and say something to somebody else. You'd be amazed what a relief that is in your life that all of a sudden, you know, me and Kylie are on the same page and, and we, we've seen the same experiences and we're getting the same thing. It's, I promise you guys, there's nothing more of a blessing than to know that you're not sitting out there by yourself. I know the plans I have for you. Mm. He knows the plans that he has for us. Now, the ne- you know, the cool thing about it is, so that, think about this, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, has a plan for you, me, all of us. So no matter your path, and I wrote down, it was funny, no matter your path, no matter your plan, A, B, C, D, E, or F, and that's as far as I could get. I didn't, I didn't want to go much farther than that because I thought it would be kind of embarrassing. But uh, he does have a plan for you. But in the next verse, next two verses, it says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. For you will... You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. But the cool part is, in the middle, I, he, will listen to you. That's nobody else. That's you. That's there. It's in the words. He will listen to you. He'll listen to you and you and you and you and you. How amazing is that? I'm nobody. All I got to do is ask. He will listen to me. He will listen to David Westrick. He will listen to David Westrick get up here and say, Lord, I have no idea how I got here. But I'm here, and I sure could stand some help. That's just the, I want everybody to think about that and concentrate on that. He's going to listen to me. And he says he's going to give me hope and a future. 
He's going to help me prosper. What a better promise. What a better feeling. Because who we are. Because we don't deserve that. I've done nothing to deserve it. I can assure you without any doubt. I've done nothing to, to deserve it. And then I've screwed it up several times when he did give it to me. But if you noticed, can we go back to that last, that, that last verse thing? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's no parameters on that. There's no parameters on that whatsoever. It doesn't say, well, yeah, bud, if you do this, I'm not going to talk to you. If you do this, no, that's, oh, you've been divorced three times. Oh, my goodness, I can't do that. You know, oh, you got drunk last night. I can't talk to you. It doesn't say any of that. You will seek me and find me. How awesome is that? How amazing is that? So he wants to give us hope and a future. He wants to prosper us. He's going to listen when we ask him to. And there's no, there's no uh, preconceived way you have to get there. There's no preordained, okay, there's only this way. I can only, I got to walk up here to the stage and I got to do this and I got to, you know, or I got to go find, you know, Tom Hunt in the back and talk to him because he's the only one. There's none of that. We go sit out in the parking lot by ourselves when no one is around and there's nobody there to watch and we can talk to him. We can talk to the Lord of Lords. We can talk to the man, the Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, that all love us just where we stand, just how we are. What a blessing. You know, my wife says, I am no stranger to God. And when I first met her, I, she said that to me. I said, wow, hmm. I'm no stranger to God. That's a powerful statement. So that means last night when you were doing whatever you were doing or when I was doing whatever I was doing, I'm no stranger to God. When I sat in that parking lot as I came, as I came here today, I was listening to uh, some praise and worship music and uh, I sat in the parking lot and listened to a song that was uplifting to me. And I think that's for sure the things that God wants us to do. But he also is fine that you listen to Five Finger Death Punch on the way to, work, to church this morning. Nobody out here, nobody period, is any stranger to God. It's your relationship with him. It's how... You, it's what you do with this relationship. 
So I know we're talking about divorce, but if you think about the theme of where we're going, it's about that relationship. As a man, I'm supposed to love my wife like Christ loved the church. As a follower of Jesus, I'm supposed to love Jesus and God like God. They, we laid, they showed us. Women aren't going to like this. It does not say women should be servant to their man. But as I've told lots of my friends that have a real problem with that next verse, in my mind what it says, if your relationship is in a place where your significant other loves you like Christ loved the church, it's not that hard to serve with them. It's not a she's subservient to him. It's none of those things. They're serving together. So if you're being led and someone's treating, treating you like Christ loved the church, how amazing that would be. What a blessing that would be to serve with somebody like that. One of the cool things that Sierra and I have got to experience since we've been in a relationship together is seeing those kind of things. And all you have to do is humble yourself to get there. It's not that hard. So I remember doing a, during a, during a real, real, real hard time in my life. Going through a divorce. Not really sure what would happen, was going to happen with my job. And then I knew I did not want to be a part-time dad. I remember driving down the interstate, yelling at God and telling him that he had no idea what was going on. And he obviously was not paying attention to what I was saying. And he wasn't listening, and he wasn't helping. Now, I don't know if all y'all know this or not. I was no stranger to God. It wasn't like he was shocked. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't get up that morning and say, hey, I think that David dude's going to yell at me today. <laughs> he didn't say that. He knew all that. He knew that, every, he knew that so well. The, cool, the very cool thing about it was I had decided I was going to read the Bible from cover to cover. And so I was reading, I was reading, and I was doing okay. I would get off, you know, I'd you know, forget for a couple of days or whatever. But the coolest thing to me was that I yelled and screamed, I, got, I cried. I actually pulled the car over, I was crying so hard because I didn't know what was going to happen. I was fixing to lose everything. I didn't know if I have a job. Didn't know what was going to happen with my children. I was getting a divorce. I had no idea. I get home that night, 
for whatever reason, I did remember to do my devotional that day. <laughs> Open my devotional. Stupid thing says, read Jeremiah 29. It's right there. In words. The first thing you should read, read this chapter. Read Jeremiah 29. Now, if you've ever read the whole chapter of Jeremiah 29, but it's just like all these verses we put up. There's a, I hate to call it a guarantee, but that's what it is. I know the plans I have for you. Ask me and I'll listen. It was so hard to read that that night because all those things I said going down the interstate and telling him he wasn't listening, he wasn't paying attention. I've been reading this since January. It's like August. He knew I was going to be there. He knew that that day I was going to be mad. And I was going to yell and scream and holler. He was aware exactly where I was. He knew what was going on. He knew what was happening. And somehow, miraculously, right, he said, hey, why don't you read this? That'll open your mind. That'll open your mind to things that you haven't thought about. And I would encourage each of you to do those things because it is life-changing to know that he did listen. He was watching. He was paying attention. And he knew exactly, exactly where I was. He knew exactly what I needed to do. And he knew exactly what that next path was going to look like. But now don't be... Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. He also knew that I was going to screw up that next path. Because I did. I blew the next path too. And he knew that. He knew that. That's not, I wasn't, I'm, my wife will tell you, I'm no stranger to God. He knew that I was going to screw that up. But he knew he had a plan for me. I am so overwhelmingly blessed in my life because of paying attention, learning about his plan, watching his plan, watching my kids and my grandkids and my ex-wife and her husband and my in-laws, all of us come together and love on each other. Now, that doesn't work for everybody, I can assure you. <laughs> but, but I will tell you that... Um, if you try, if you forgive, if you forget, if you try, you might be surprised what will work. You might be surprised what God's plan is for your life. Because I doubt that I thought the plan was going to be that we're all going to go to church together. (laughs) 
I doubt that that was what I had in my mind at that time. But I promise you, there's a plan there. That's so right there. I have a plan for you. You know, as Gary would say, and I'm sure there's scholar, Bible scholarly things to say, there's no buts, there's no this, there's no that. <laughs> I'm just David Westrick. I, I can read English. I have a plan for you. The guy, the, the Lord, the Jesus, the, the God, the Alpha, the Omega, who made me, he has a plan for Every one of you. He has a plan for. So a couple of people asked me, so oh, the band needs to go back there because I'm getting ready to be done, by the way. But <laughs> a couple of people asked me, they said, uh, you're not going to go too long, are you? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I've been praying about it for like two weeks, and, and God, I said, hey, God, I need a word. And he says, here's a word. I said, hey, that's a word. And, uh, <laughs> but I didn't know how long it was going to go. Um, and then somebody said, uh, Rick said, uh, well, nobody likes to hear themselves talk, or maybe it was Kylie, nobody likes to hear themselves talk as much as Gary did. I said, well, <laughs> pretty sure you go outside and ask some people right now, you probably get a different opinion about that. But <laughs> So I want to tell you guys how amazing it is to get up here and talk to you guys about real life things that I have a word for. I don't know if it helped any of you. I hope it did. I hope it was something uplifting to all of you and you take away the good stuff and throw out the bad stuff, whatever you need to do. But I do know this. I have a plan for you. Prosper. Hope. If you just hang out, he'll listen. <laughs>